Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. Matt Kim, Peter Saddington. Thank you for joining us today. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Will is still in Korea. Yeah, when is he coming back? I think he's going to be back next week. Maybe before this music ends. I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> Will, Will, I don't know we need you, bro. We're missing you. We're missing you, bro. <laughs> but Will is still in Korea. And he should be back, I think, in the next week. Mm. Before I leave for Korea. Oh, okay. Because he needs to watch my dogs while I'm gone. Will, did you know this? <laughs> I, if you don't know this, Will, now you know. Can you, you watch know. my dogs while I'm gone, please? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. So it is Thursday morning, May, April, May, November. <laughs> Where the hell are you, bro? <laughs> April, May. Oh shit! What's the date? November what? Dude, I have no idea, man. I don't November. Even, I don't have my phone with me. I don't know where it is. Today's the. We're recording on the thirteenth, so it's like the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. It's November. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Welcome. If you're driving in the morning, if you're heading to work, we hope that we are encouraging to you this morning and this day. So I want to announce our very first sponsor. Ooh. It's a really exciting thing. We've been looking for possible sponsorships on the pod for a long time. And just take a quick second, watch this clip, and then we'll touch it. Appreciate you guys. Imagine a place where you could monetize your dreams and passions. Welcome to Garage ID. Garage ID is the world's first Web3 application specifically built for the automotive and motorsport enthusiasts. It's the digital representation of everything that's in your garage, everything that you're passionate about. We at Garage ID believe dreams are built in the garage. Whether it's a race, an epic trip, or possibly just an adventure with your buddies. All of it can be expensive, and Garage ID set out to solve that problem. Garage ID was built for both sides of your adventure. If you're organizing an event, Garage ID provides all the tools necessary to make your event a huge success. If you're a racer, rider, driver, or just a fan, Garage ID provides you a one-stop shop to gain sponsorship and funding for your passion. As a racing driver, Garage ID is really important to me as it allows me to obtain sponsorship in an easy and manageable way so I can focus on racing. Garage ID makes it easy for me to advertise my racing experience to the world. As a race team, events are really important to us. They're an amazing way to engage with our fans, but also to activate sponsorship partnerships. If you want to go fast, you need Garage ID. Garage ID is also a digital marketplace. If you own a car, truck, boat, motorcycle, ATV, or even a drone, we have made it easy to find discounts on products and services by users earning Garage ID points, or G points. Those G points then can be used for substantial savings on almost anything you need for your ride. These are just the first features of this application. Garage ID is building a unique ecosystem that exists nowhere else a revolutionary tool for the motorsports enthusiast. Join our team of select insiders and support this project. With your support, you'll receive perpetual benefits in the form of G-Points and have direct access and input to our development team. Thanks so much for checking out our Kickstarter campaign. We'd love for you to join us, be an early adopter and fan, sign up to our newsletter, check out all of our socials, and be part of our team. We can't wait to see you on the track. So, 
familiar looking face. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> nice sponsor you got there, Matt Kim. <laughs> you've been you've been busy. I have. I've been very busy. Today's episode, I want to talk about the idea of starting a new business, starting over, starting a new venture. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of people watching or listening going, huh, I have a good idea. I wish I could start something new. Mm-hmm. And we've both been very busy trying to start new things. That's right. And I think this would be a good way that we're not telling people how to do it without doing it ourselves. Right. That the advice we give on how to start new venture, on how maybe a better way to live your life, the recommendations that we have in life are things that we actually implement into our own lives. Yeah, we have, yeah we're not one of those uh, we're not the type of guys to pontificate about how you should live your life without actually doing it ourselves. So sure. can I ask you to define pontificate? <laughs> <laughs> pontificate means being directive to someone. Uh, yes, being directive to someone. We're not dire- trying to direct your lives. We're trying to help you guys become free thinkers. But certainly our lives bleed over into what we talk about in this podcast. You're an operator, entrepreneur, same, same with me. So these are things that are, that are natural to us, this kind of hustle, the, the work of building new, new projects and new ideas. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of stuff going on. And the podcast, obviously, most people know us from the podcast, from maybe Twitter or Instagram or wherever else we are. But not a lot of people know about what we do in our real lives mm. because this is for a lack of the word, a side hustle, although there's no money in it. <laughs> I, 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 can we call it a side hustle if you're not making any money, or is this a passion project? It's a passion project. Passion project. There you go. And maybe one day it will monetize, and um, if someone's like, watch this clip, and they're like, damn, I wish I had that spot, it's open. Yeah. We have, we have availability, always. For sure. But you've been working on this project for quite some time. Yep, absolutely. Since, Garage uh, ID. Garage ID, absolutely. GarageID.com. You guys can go check it out. We started uh, Code to Keyboard in late January, early February of this year. So what is kind of the purpose and the goal? We've seen the clip, but let's hear from you. Kind of what is your mission? So uh, to give a little bit of context, so I'm the co-founder of VinWiki. So I'm wearing mm. the shirt here today. VinWiki is a web 2.0 platform. And what VinWiki essentially is, is the largest free database of car data on the planet. Hmm. So if you go to VinWiki.com, you can download the app. Obviously, many of you guys know about VinWiki, the YouTube channel. I think we just crossed 2 million subscribers. Wow. So we're, we're growing about by 1,200 subscribers per day. And the Web2 app of VinWiki is growing about 300 users per day. So we've learned a lot over the last seven years of how to build a Web2.0 uh, automotive uh, vehicle history app. And so what I've been working on for the last 10 months has been a Web 3.0 version of VinWiki, which is essentially automotive history on the blockchain, number one, but number two, with a different target audience focused on the automotive and motorsport world and anyone who is racing. Hmm. And so what Garage ID aims to do is to reduce the costs of racing, as you well know, Racing is ridiculously expensive. There is almost zero money in it. It truly is a passion. Like if you want to race, it's just you're pouring money and dumping money into this thing. And so for me, this this application solves a personal problem. As you guys well know, as you all know, uh, I've been uh, a constructor, pr- full privateer for my son's uh, karting uh, karting career for the last three years. And over the last three years, we have cropped up amazing amounts of expenses 
uh, ensuring that my son can be performant on the track and do well on the track. And so it costs tens of thousands of dollars a year to do to, to race. And so we created an application that makes it easy for any type of racer, whether you're car racer, motorcycle racer, ATV, ATX, big rig, boats, planes, drones. If you have something that you like to race and it's sitting in your garage, it should be on garageid.com so that we can help you reduce the costs and expenditures of the racing game. So is this tailored more to than just racers or is it more a open platform? I mean, how specific and how niche is the market? Great question. Well, we're starting off with the racing world. So again, if you're racing motorcycles, cars, race cars, ATVs, drones, etc. So anything that 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 people enjoy racing that you have that, you know, that machine in your garage, that's what we want you to load into your digital garage on garageid.com so that we can connect you immediately to services, sponsors, and retailers so you can lower your cost of parts, services, maintenance, as well as entry fees to go race. So our primary user persona is the driver or the racer in you or the aspiring racer. So we make it super easy. It's three steps. You sign up, you load up your race craft into your digital garage, you create tiers for types of sponsorship that you need to go race you know, $500 or $1,000 for tires or consumables. And then number three, you connect a payment gateway. This is something that's never been built before. It's crazy. And once you have all three, then you can send out your link of your digital garage to all your homies, your network, your family, your friends, your colleagues, and they can easily support you by sending you money, 100 bucks or 1000 bucks, whatever your tiers are. Never before has there been a platform specifically built for the racer in mind to make it easy for them to take money in. So that's our first user persona, and that's what we're focusing on. But certainly, we're spreading this out to the entire automotive industry. And if you're a car enthusiast, you love cars, you want discounts, you want sponsorship, certainly it would be built for you as well. Is it like a, is it like a Patreon or like a Locals for racers? 100%. That's it, what it sounds like it, to me. It's a GoFundMe for, mm -hmm. for racers. Okay, right. interesting. So if you are an aspiring racer or aspiring driver, you wouldn't go to GoFundMe. Mm. You would go to garageid.com, which makes it easy, and it's specifically built for the automotive and motorsport world. So if this works, and because so far these types of platforms ex exist for causes, it works for uh, fundraising, it works for uh, podcasters and content creators right. and all of this. If it works for the automotive race space because it's easier to get something going if you're in a niche. If it works for here, then it can kind of work for other markets. If you're an aspiring musician, bro, say less. Absolutely. So, our, you got it 100%. We're actually working with a patent lawyer to patent hmm. our, our, our project because it has so it's multidimensional and it, and, it, and it can scale to any other sports arena. So, whether you're an aspiring tennis player or aspiring soccer or aspiring football, it costs money to buy pads. It costs money to buy shoes. It costs money to buy balls. And so what we want is we want soccer moms to be able to say, hey, you know, my son, you know, I'm the, I'm the ambassador for my son's soccer team this year, and we need $500 for orange slices and water. Hmm. Well, load, load up your, your sport into uh, Garage ID, and you'll be able to create a sponsorship tier so that that soccer mom can get money in for the, her son's sports team. So absolutely, we're starting with the racing world. And we're going to prove that out, which we've already done over the last 10 months. And then we're going to scale it out to every other single sport out there. There is no platform. There is no Go GoFundMe or Patreon for the sports world. And that's what we're building. Because people listening think that because we see each other every week, mm. that we know everything about each other's lives. <laughs>
And the reality is, I didn't even know you're working on this. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't promote, I don't promote it. I'm not egotistical and trying to push things on you all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I, I keep things close to the vest until they're ready to be promoted. And I asked you, you know, yeah. non aggressively, I was like, hey, can we, can we talk about this? And can I help sponsor, you know, of course. Matt Kim podcast? Of course. And uh, because we, when we're together, we talk about so many other types of issues, mm. and we go deep down so many rabbit holes, and we talk about social issues, and because of that. We rarely talk about each other's business. Yeah, that's true. And maybe we should. Maybe that's maybe that's my fault for not asking more. <laughs> well, I don't know if the audience cares about it. I don't know. I think a lot of people tune in to Matt Kim podcast mostly because they appreciate the political and social commentary coming from individuals like us who are very different from the usual fare of social commentar commentators. Uh, out there. So I think that's the vast majority of the people who love to and enjoy watching Matt Kim podcast. I don't know if there's a lot of entrepreneurs and <laughs> operators and you know investors out there that listen, but this is part of my life and this is something certainly that I've been doing for the last year. I mean, not even just on the podcast alone, but even like offline. Mm. We don't really talk about it too much. We mostly yeah, we mostly talk about the social and the political and the family. Family, we spend a lot of time on family. We do. Sure. We do. When we are offline, I'm going to say 60% Mm. of our conversation is regarding family, how we can improve, how we can become better fathers, yep. um, different social issues that surround our children. Mm. So these are the type of conversations we have. And typically those conversations go so long mm. that we don't have an opportunity to talk about like money we're making. <laughs> right? <laughs> or lack of the lack thereof. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Or the lack of money we're making. So so we launched this uh we launched our Kickstarter campaign yesterday. So okay. we're launching this on on Thursday. So yesterday was Wednesday. Um and so because my venture fund, so I run a $16 million venture fund, um, and we deployed most of that into Bitcoin mining applications and Bitcoin mining facilities, as well as 22 startups last year, early stage startups. So I'm tapped out from a venture capital perspective. So for me to build my own passion project, this garageid.com, uh, I couldn't pull it out of my investors' funds mm. to invest in my own idea. That would is not... there also a conflict of interest is, there? Yeah, there is a kind of a conflict of interest, and it's kind of uncouth for me to be like, "Hey, let me take your money." Oh, I'm going to use it for myself. Yeah, when you're supposed to be investing in other. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So we decided with with humility that instead we're going to self fund this for the last ten months, which has all been out of my own pocket, and then raise a Kickstarter campaign. For really three reasons. Number one, I've never done a Kickstarter campaign before. Mm. Now I've invested in other Kickstarter, you know, campaigns and invested in ideas, and usually takes years to get those rewards. It's generally the, the payback's terrible. But so that's the number one reason is I've never done it before. Number two, I really we really want to focus on feature value, mm. and whether these features and functions that we're building for the racers and for the automotive and motorsport world actually work and are of value. And so the Kickstarter campaign allows us to create what we call a launch team of supporters uh, so that we can get inside information on how you're using the app, how we can make sure that the functionality is the highest value proposition possible. And then after that, we'll, we'll uh, make it available to the public. And so our Kickstarter campaign started yesterday. Yesterday, If you'd like to sponsor, you'd like to uh, support us, you can go to uh, garageid.com, check it out. Our lowest tier is 20 bucks. You get an NFT of your car, which nice. is really cool. Uh, and so we're we're hope, we're hoping to raise two hundred fifty thousand over the next sixty days. I think we'll do a good job doing that, and that will create number three momentum for outside investment and outside venture capital investment, so that we can scale it out to the world. So the way you and I handle 
starting a new venture or starting a new business or starting a new thing. Mm. It's very different. Mm. You've been working on this for 10 months. Mm. You are very thorough. You prepare. You have like pitch decks and you have sizzle reels yep. and you have all these assets mm. built around kind of your startup. Mm. And then you get ready and you build momentum and then you deploy. Yep. You got it. I, on the other hand, go, huh, I have a good idea. <laughs> and then I start that day. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. There's no preparation. There is no sizzle reel. There yeah. is no like build up. Very little research. I have an idea and I run. Mm. I think that's interesting because we have very different approaches mm. to how we handle new business. Right. The one thing we have in common is that we love to build new things. Yes. Yes. But we, how we handle it and how we approach it, it, it couldn't be more different. Well, I, I think for those of you guys who've been with us down since day one, you truly have seen <laughs> Matt's model, his modus operandi, uh, through the Matt Kim oh, podcast. Big words again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's early in the morning, guys. I'm using heavy words. Um, no, no. <laughs> like, we have truly seen how you work exacted in the real world through mm. the growth of Matt Kim podcast. Let's be intellectually honest. I mean, 10 months ago when we really started this and Matt Kim, which is about the same time I started GarageID.com, um, we just, you already had a room in your old office. Yep. And you're like, well, I got some gear. Let's just go. That's it. That was it. Like, let's just go. And I think it took you maybe half a day to set up the first setup, and then we just executed. We had a couple snafus. Yeah. But what I appreciate about you, Matt, is you have no ego and you have no hesitation in terms of not having it be perfect mm. in that you'd much rather execute and learn rather than try to plan it and be super perfect up front, which I think you can, you and I both can agree never actually happens. You can never have real of course. perfection. Right? There's always... No matter how comprehensive your business plan is, day two, you're pivoting. <laughs> 100%. It reminds me of the quote from uh, um, uh, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson said, it's great to, it's great to have a plan <laughs> until you get punched in the face. That's what he said, yeah. right? You've heard that, right? It's great yes. to have a plan until you get punched in the face. And I think Mike Tyson's uh, quote there is a great example of how you execute life. It's like... Let's just do it. We're going to get punched in the face like everybody does, but we're going to pivot from that and we're going to, we're going to grow and learn from that. And I think we can both learn a little bit from each other mm. because there are times where I start down the project and I kind of throw all my cards on the table and I'm like, damn it, maybe if I had a little more focus, maybe mm. if I was a little bit better prepared, mm. then I wouldn't hit some of these early pitfalls that mm. I hit mm. because I would have been prepared for it. Mm. On the other hand, you like to take your time. And sometimes I think, damn, just hurry up and go. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. There's a combination. Maybe there's a happy medium in there somewhere where there's something to do with preparation about, you know, planning it all out. And there's also something about just jumping in the cold water. So let, let's use Matt Kim podcast as an example because it's it's staring us in the face. We're here on mm. the show. Uh, for, again, for those of you guys who have been with us down since day one, you've seen the evolution and the growth. When it came to creating... Let's just let's just harken back because I think some of your viewers because we've grown a lot since day yes. one. So I think we have probably ninety five percent or more of the audience today doesn't know how we started. True. Ten months ago. So can you walk us through the first month, first sixty days of the Mackin podcast, <laughs> the the idea to the first execution? Now walk us through that. How how did how was that experience for you? 
So when we first decided that we're going to have a podcast, we didn't even decide we're going to have a podcast. I saw that the podcast economy was kind of booming. It was growing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to build a studio. Mm-hmm. I wanted to build a studio. And I thought, hey, maybe we can rent this thing out. Mm-hmm. And we can create a studio where content creators and podcasters and podcasts all over the country, when they come to Atlanta, they have a cool place to record. That was kind of the initial premise of building out such a comprehensive studio. And once it started, I was like, all right, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've already kind of started building this project. I need to figure out how this works. Mm. And the only way I can figure out how this works is I need to record an episode. Right. How can I have a podcast? How can I say, oh, we're going to edit podcasts for you if I don't even know how to do it? So if I could extrapolate one lesson there is you certainly didn't overthink it. No, that was a, <laughs> if, <laughs> definitely no overthinking there. <laughs> the, way that he's, the way that he's responding to this almost sounds like he didn't think about it at all. No. <laughs> there was, was a little a bit of a reaction. Well, to be, fa- to be fair, you have had success in the past creating media doing mm. YouTube channels, having a successful Instagram page with exotic cars in the past. So to your credit, you've, you you know the media game well. It just wasn't codified or amalgamated into like a podcast. Yeah. I mean, before we did our first podcast episode, I'd never been on someone else's podcast. Mm. I had never seen the inside of a podcast, dude. Actually, to this day, I've not seen someone else's podcast studio. So this is your only basis of what podcast should be? <laughs> My entire podcast world is this room. Yeah, and interesting, <laughs> your first podcast interview was with a big A-plus type guy. Do you remember when you went on? Oh, yeah. Who was it? Steve Bannon. That's right. Yeah. Come on. For all you MAGA guys out there, Steve, like, Steve Bannon was your first, like, Exposure to another podcast. It was your podcast. first invite, right? That was, that was. Which, out of all the people that could have been your first <laughs> invite, I mean, Steve Bannon's like, yeah. he's rock star level. Yeah, he's like, huge. We were, I was so impressed. I was like, how did you do this? And you did a great job, by the way. 6.2. point two. 6.2 out of 10. 6.2, 6.2. Uh, but yeah, that was the first time I had ever been on someone else's podcast, and that was six months after we started. Mm. And it's not like we had been reaching out to other people. They found us, and... You know, Steve and Grace, if you guys happen to be watching, love you guys, appreciate yeah. you. Uh, but yeah, that's how we started, and there was no context on how we do it. I just kind of felt like we had an idea, and that idea pivoted extremely quickly within mm-hmm. the first few days. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, we need to start recording. Mm-hmm. And why? But, why was that? What was what was the impetus for that? What was the information that you were receiving? Is like we should really get more serious into doing this. Well, we started building up the studio. And I turned on the camera and we're like, all right, does it sound good? Is it supposed to sound like this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? I, mean, and we I re- remember, man. I was there. And we realized that we just had no context because I had nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. So the next step was, all right, we need to start recording. And we did a couple test runs with the guys in the office. And we started recording some things. And I put up a couple clips on TikTok, I think. And I was like, all right, this is interesting. Yeah, but those clips on TikTok ended up blowing up. They did. They ended up exploding in our faces. Yeah. It was just, it it was the, if, let me let me share my perspective. It was one of the weirdest things <laughs> that literally a month, six weeks in from doing this, from having nothing to trying stuff, pushing it out on, you know, on social media, TikTok, and then going on TikTok and seeing like, why does this thing have fucking 700,000 views? <laughs> I, I remember that so clearly, like, what did what did you do, Matt? 
Yeah. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> the answer was nothing. Nothing. Like, other people clipped it and other people like blew it up for us. Yeah, just started talking, speaking the way we do now. I don't think we've ever changed anything. I think, if anything, we've just improved. Mm-hmm. But I don't think our focus has ever been all that different. I don't think our approach has been all that different. I think that we just... More reps, mm-hmm. more seat time. Yeah, more seat time. That's all it is. So that's kind of how the podcast started, and it evolved and built into what it is. I think in the beginning, we had maybe 100, 200 regular listeners. Mm. And now I think between all the various platforms, because people, some people watch on YouTube and listen on YouTube. Some people are on Spotify. Some people are on Apple Podcasts. Some people watch it on X now. X is huge. Some people are watching it on Rumble now, because we just started uploading right, the right, podcast right. to Rumble. And... Maybe five or eight thousand people easily every week easily. Are, are are watching and listening, which is crazy because again, ten months ago we had a hundred. Yeah. So there's something to say about just doing it and figuring it out, and people get to enjoy and be a part of the journey and watch the growth. So we're ten months. Let's just say we're ten months in. It's November, but we'll give or take. So we're about ten months in, almost a full year. We're not at, and I think what we definitely need to do for the holiday season, and I'm gonna kind of be a little directive here i we definitely need to do an end of year review year in view i agree but just to just to to jumpstart that a little bit here what would you say over the last 10 months were some lessons learned over building this building this podcast and growing and now going on multiple different other podcasts having clips hit tens of millions of Mm. views uh being shouted out by some of the biggest players in the podcast game, right? We've gone for essentially from zero to somewhat of a mid, mid-tier hero. Low-tier low hero. Low-tier hero. <laughs> zero to low-tier hero. Progress. Uh, in just 10 months, which is outstanding yeah. if you think about how many podcasts are started every single day and yeah. will go for 10 months and get zero, right? Yeah. I mean, when I get reached out to maybe other people that are in the content creator space, like, yeah, Matt, we just found the podcast, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing and we love what you guys are doing. And they'll be like, you know, so how long have you been doing this? You know, and everyone assumes we've been doing this three to five years. I know. And I'm like, uh, we started this year. And they're like, what the hell? Yeah. They can't believe it because this type of growth and this type of recognition, if we were attached to maybe a bigger name, it makes sense. If you're Bobby mm. and you have the backing of Drake and yeah. Drake's team, then I get it. You yeah. blow up fast. Right. We are not that. We are two guys in the corner of Georgia <laughs> just speaking our truth. Yep. And somehow for us to reach all corners of the earth, to reach the ears and eyes of some of the most influential people in the world, mm. it's so humbling. It's it crazy. It really is. But, but I can also give credit where credit is due. I mean, we now have polished quality. Yes. I mean, the backgrounds look great. The, the video looks great. The audio sounds amazing. Mm. So we're, we are at par, I, w- I would say, with the larger podcasts who have been out for five decade, you know, long. So we've met par in terms of a content polish perspective. I think from a timing, from a time, only 10 months, certainly we have a long way to go. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why when people talk to you and, and, they, and you tell them, I've only been doing this for half a year. I think it's because of of your willingness and your diligence to continue to upgrade the podcast to where it is now from a quality perspective. And from where I sit, people think, oh, it looks great. You guys done a great job. I think if we got this far in this period of time, can you imagine if we stay just as diligent, as perseverant as we are now, can you imagine how far the quality of our content, how quality, 
how far the quality of production can go. Well, I, let, well, let me ask you, Division Cast. We're ten months deep. What is? Where do you think we could be in the next ten months? I have no idea. And that's like, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that because every time I ask Matt, like, what do you what do you think of the future is? He's like, well, shit, if I know. I mean, we the fact that we got this far to where we are now is simply amazing. Every day, incrementally improve. Just try to improve in one aspect of any part of the production, any part of what we're doing online. If I can improve just a little bit every day in different areas over time, I believe that we see huge growth. Mm-hmm. I don't like any day where we feel like we didn't move. Mm-hmm. So every day, the goal is to even if it's on the long form podcast, even if it's in the clips, even if it is putting some clever tweets on Twitter. At some point, I want to improve in one way, shape, or form. Mm. Even if it's connecting with a few more people, that may be helpful to us in the long run. Having a quick conversation. Mm. Every day, I want to feel like we're advancing our mission just a little bit. And I think if we we have big goals, I don't have too many small goals. My goal is literally, I just want to improve daily. Mm-hmm. And that's really what drives me. Because if you feel like, I don't like the feeling of standing still. Mm. I hate being in line. Yeah, I understand that. I think in many, if if you think about it, there actually is no such thing as standing still in life. You're either growing or you're dying mm. is the way that I look at it. And that, that could be a bifurcated, very aggressive way of looking at a bifurcation of life. It's like you're either growing or dying. But the reality is, is that there is no standing still. You're either growing, moving towards something, or you're at, there's no stasis. If you're at stasis, you're really starting to deprecate. You're starting to depreciate. You're starting to slow down. You're, you know, your muscles are starting to atrophy. Your brain is starting to atrophy. And so you truly are only growing or dissipating really in life. And I think for you, you've chosen assertively to say, hey, you know, I can't stand still because I'm dying. So I might as well continue to build right, mm. the future that I want. Abraham Lincoln had a great, great quote. He said, if you want to know the future, build it yourself. How come Abraham Lincoln doesn't get an accent? You, you do a Mike Tyson accent. Where's the Abraham Lincoln accent? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Where's Abraham Lincoln's accent? I don't know. But Abraham Lincoln had a great quote, right? If you want to know the future, build it yourself. And I mm. think that is Abraham Lincoln is espousing this idea of personal responsibility, which certainly you have taken on in your life, a deep personal responsibility as a father, as a husband, as an operator, as a business owner. And with this passion project, this Matt Kim podcast, uh, you have a lot of responsibility here. And it and you, for those of you guys who are watching online or listening on Spotify or YouTube or whatever, you don't see all the work that has been put into this. It truly is blood, sweat, and tears. So well, maybe, maybe not blood. Well, actually, you did cut yourself, didn't you? I, I did. <laughs> there, is blood. there is blood. Maybe not tears, though. So we've started a new thing. Mm. I've started streaming. Yes. That's something that I've done like live streams on Instagram. Um, never like a stream stream mm. where I have like I'm sitting there and I have the ability to share content and videos and react to stuff. I've never done that before. Are you enjoying it? I'm having a lot of fun. Mm, good. Well, we had a we had a try the other night, and my my entire system of my house just exploded, and I was my video was like shot out of potatoes. So, but we'll try it again. We'll try it again for sure. And, and but, I was tired as fuck. <laughs> but before doing it, before I think because my wife and kid, my wife and daughter have been in Korea for the last week, mm. eight days, and my goal was that I'm going to try to accomplish as much as I can so that I'm not wasting my time. Mm. If it was a younger me, I'd be like, oh. 
family is gone. Let's go party. Freedom. <laughs> Weed. <laughs> but now that they're gone and I feel like I have a greater mission in life, I had to get busy. Mm. Sunday, I sat around and I watched a movie. It's the first time I sat and watched a movie for a long time. Yeah. And Peter texts me and he goes, Stop watching movies, get to work. <laughs> <laughs> I did do that. I did do that. But at the same time, I did realize, like, once I pressed the send button, I was like, man, I should give this brother a break. He's not grinding. No, you're right. And every day I've been grinding. And so I've never done a stream before. It's not something I'm familiar with. I mean, I understand I can hit the live button, mm. but in order to have like a proper stream, it's a lot in the background. Mm. I don't know how to use software, I've never tried it before. I look at should I learn how to use OBS? Should I learn how to use other platforms? We've tried using Restream before. Mm -hmm. It's not built out to do it all by yourself. There's like other things involved. Mm. So I went down the rabbit hole of YouTube University. I'm a <laughs> Mac guy, I'm an Apple guy. Yeah. I found this software called Ecamm Lives, built specific for Mac. Okay. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna learn how to use the software. And I think on Wednesday, when Brandon Dilly was here, and mm. Thursday we did the Dilly episode. If you guys want to go check that out, good definitely go check that out. Good episode, it's a really bro. Good episode. He is so good. He really good episode. Phenomenal. I think it was one of your best interviews yet. He's really good for sure. And I'm going to be on his show on Thursday. Oh so really? I'm, I'm going to his studio on Thursday. I'm going to do the live show with him. Where's the studio at? You don't have to say specific. On the other side of Lake Lanier. Okay. Yeah, not far. Okay. So we're going to go over there and do that. And I've learned a lot from him. Um, so I was like, all right, I think I want to try streaming too. Because he streams his show live. Oh. Let that's me kinda, see. It. That's kind of two birds of one stone. Because you get the live stream experience, plus you get the replayability. Correct. Mm. So let me see if I can do my own iteration of that. Mm. That idea, I had been playing with the idea. I've been marinating on it, but really didn't make too much an effort. Mm. That idea came on Wednesday. On Thursday, I spent the whole day trying to figure out how I can learn how to use this software. And on Thursday night, we did our first stream. Mm -hmm. The time between I'm going to do this and the time I was able to put out a first initial product was about 24 hours. Man, but let's sit on that for just a second. I think that right there, that small, if you guys aren't if haven't caught it, that model is actually ridiculously important. Mm. And the reason is, is because for me as a venture capitalist who work with young bloods, I have seven, nine calls a week of young bloods. I have meetings with them and they're asking me for money to deploy into their ideas. And and what's fascinating is so many of these young bloods, these early entrepreneurs, are stuck in analysis paralysis mm. where they're trying to overanalyze metrics, outcomes, execution, uh, market market viability, like all this bullshit. And it's not to say that you don't need that, the metrics and the diligence and some type of planning and preparation, but there's another extreme that I think that you're doing exceptionally well. It's not an extreme, but it's just like, here's a germination or seed of an idea, 24 hours, let's just fucking do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Like, let's be intellectual. <laughs> you, earn so, you learn so much faster by getting on the bike than reading a physics book of mm. how to ride a bike and overcome velocity and friction. Like, ain't nobody reading about, you know, overcoming friction and velocity when right. You just get on the bloody bike, right? Yeah. Yeah, I truly believe that if you want to learn a new skill set, if you want to add a new facet to your life, mm. then immersion is the quickest way you can learn. Mm. If I were to do a stream, one stream every week for a month, it would take me a month to learn all that material. To get all that experience. Right. I decide I'm going to do four nights in a row. 
because now I got a month worth of experience and learning. Mm -hmm. And actually that's an accelerated learning because it's so immersed into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I can do that in four days. Yeah. That there's some good lessons to be extracted especially for those of you guys who are listen, listening and you might have an idea or a side hustle or a, a passion project that you want to do and, and you and I know guys like this so I don't I know I'm not speaking out to the to nothingness I know there are people out there that are listening to this that are in this spot because you know people like this too who who told you about an idea months ago hmm. and they still haven't fucking executed I'm gonna say that's the majority of people doesn't that burn your buttons though it's like just just do it. Just get off your ass and do it. Just do it. And what what do you have to lose? Oh, they're gonna laugh at me. Ain't nobody laughing at you. No. Ain't nobody even watching you, bro. Mm. So just try, right? Yeah. So Thursday we had I like these lessons. Thursday was crazy because I was I didn't even know once I hit live, I didn't even know if people could actually hear me or see me. Yeah, he was picking his nose. He was picking <laughs> he was picking his nose you the know, first 15 minutes. He's like, are people even here? Because there's no context. <laughs> yeah. Right? How do I know? There's no, there's I've no never feedback loop. There's none. And there's a lag between mm. the comments. Yeah, it's like about 15 seconds. So I'm like, all right, is is it hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this. And I was like, all right, people are like, I, I can hear, I can hear. We had a handful of people there. I mm. appreciate everyone that came in early. Mm. And I have like this mic set up and the mic just fell in the middle like five minutes in the whole thing came crashing down oh shit i didn't see that part I and i was like night. oh my gosh my whole set's gonna fall apart because i you just I you just put it all together i just put it all together it had not been tested yet mm -hmm. so i have no idea if anything's gonna hold and things start falling apart we ended up going i think two and a half hours yeah that first yeah. night but i almost 240 i think and then on friday we did another hour and 15 hour and 20 mm -hmm. On Saturday, we ended up going over three hours. Mm. And yesterday, we went over three hours. We went right at three hours. Mm. I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about anymore. I'm just talking. I'm enjoying it. I'm interacting with the mm. chat. And yesterday, something interesting happened. Because we did three days in a row of 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, like on a schedule. Mm. And we were iterating. We were learning. We were trying new formats. We were learning and trying to improve every day adding new features, adding new functions, just every day adding a little bit more to the show. Mm. Yesterday, Chris Rumble came in. No. Yeah. He like, came into the chat. The Chris Rumble. Yeah. What? Yeah. He was in the chat yesterday. Bro, yeah. what did he say? Nothing. We we had some guys trying to figure out how the audio worked, whatever. So he came in and did a live troubleshooting and helped some people out in the chat. Wow. And then he pinned the live stream to the homepage. Bro, yeah, you're see, see, but oh. it's at like forty or fifty thousand views. Come on, guys, see, like, like, there's so many lessons to be extracted yeah. from this. So let's let me just let me just kind of amalgamate and codify everything I heard. Number one, get off your ass and just do it. Just do it. Stop, stop with the analysis paralysis and the, and trying to figure out the future. You don't know the future. You're not God. You're not omniscient. You'll execute to learn is the key idea here. Execute to learn, and if I were to go even farther based on what Matt has said so far here, is that not only execute to learn, but jump off the cliff, go off the deep end. You did four days straight of streaming. Mm. You've learned a lot. A lot. And if I could say streaming is a great way to collect a massive amount of people over the, over the long run. There's a, what is this thing? Why? Don't do that. Now it's going to be... I think there was a bug there. But third, but third... By you jumping off the deep end and doing this and doing it consistent, which is hard work. Yeah. Live streaming three hours a day is like, let's be not honest, easy. It's taxing. Yeah. 
doing that work avails you opportunities to be open to people that are watching. And now you have Mr. Chris Rumble jumping in, and he knows who you are now. That's crazy. Come four on. days. So four days of hardcore investment, jumping off the cliff, learning by doing, and suddenly you caught the eye of a big wig. Come on, guys. Of the there, owner of Rumble. There are less, <laughs> yes, there are lessons to be extracted here, right? How, let, let's, let me hypothecate for a second. How many times have people missed opportunities because they've been sitting on their ass in analysis paralysis? Or they start, they go through, they hit their first hurdle, and they're like, oh, maybe I'm not going to do this. Right. And then they quit too early. Quit too early. Bro, bro. The goal was we're going to do four days in a row no matter what. Mm. I When I started Monday, I was like, I'm going to do Mon- I'm going to do, I mean, on Thursday, I said, I'm going to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm. because there's only way I can figure out how this thing works is found balls deep in this. That's what she said. And, <laughs> but, psh, but and, and that's what we did. We committed to it. We executed mm-hmm. it. We did it. A lot of things went wrong. A lot of things went right. A lot of people are part of the process. And throughout, throughout the stream, we have people that are joining in the chat. And I say, if you want to help, send me your artwork. Send me your digital assets. Let's incorporate it. Mm. So people are sending us gifts. And yeah. we're putting into the title. They're yeah. sending us intros and music and we're incorporating it. That's right. Because I'm trying to build this around people. And once you start getting the people involved that believe in your mission, now it's not just you doing it. Mm. You have a whole team and army of people. And every time you expand your team and your network and your army, your growth is exponential. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're grabbing land. Your energy is exponential. Not wrong. And now we have five new Telegram channels. We have a Discord that's getting blowing up. Um, I can see these. For, for those out there, check out the Telegram channels. I pro- you'll probably put mm. the links up here somewhere. Check them out because those because those are blowing up now. Yes. And the clips that we put in there are things that a lot of times are deleted from social media. Exactly. So I'm at, th- that's interesting you say that. I'm actually looking at these Telegram channels as almost a library of content that I expect that I won't be able to find in the future. Correct. So it's actually, there's actually some, some value for me to be in these Telegram channels. I'm like, oh shit, I, I that totally is going to be deleted later. That's a good video. Yeah, there's a lot of clips we put in there where maybe they go viral in, in the beginning mm. and then the social media companies, oh, you can't have this anymore and they take it off. So, Fortunately, we have someone, Paula, who's in uh, the Telegram who's managing the channel that's like, all right, I got this. Yeah. And just put it in there. So I love it. It's preserved. I love the volunteerism. So you've, you've live streamed for four days. Are you going to be live streaming the rest of this this time all the way to your trip to Korea? I'm definitely going to be. Well, this is Thursday, so it doesn't matter what I say. But I would be live streaming tonight, which is Monday. Mm. I'm going to definitely live stream tonight because we had the momentum yesterday. You, although my goal was to go until Sunday, when you see a little bit of momentum, you can't let off the gas. Yeah. You just can't. Hammer down, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it would be a huge mistake on my part to be like, all right, because I planned on doing till Sunday, I'm going to stick to my plan and I'm only going to do it Thursday. Mm. We have to reiterate. We have to iterate. We need to make changes. We need to adapt to the current situation. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, we picked up a lot of people yes, over the weekend. We did. I think on Rumble, I think we just started putting on Rumble and we went from like, 300 people watching us on Rumble to like a thousand people yep. in the matter of two or three days. It's working. We need to continue and push through, especially because I'm going to be out of the country for two weeks. So I don't think there's an opportunity to like, oh, I'm going to take a break. I'll sleep on the plane. 
Yeah. And it would be kind of a cock tease to do four days straight and grow and growing, 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 building up momentum. Now we got these telegram groups. Now we got more volunteers. Now we got more people who want to help with the cause at, at low volunteer cost here, right? You're not asking for much. And, and it would be kind of a cock tease to cut it off and say, oh, that was great. Learn some stuff. But man, I'll tell you, it, in my experience of live streaming, and I did the vast majority of my live streaming from 2017 to 2019, man, I, I could tell you stories for days of how as painful as it was, Matt, for me to get online every fucking day and live stream. And I, and I say fucking because like I'm thinking about how much stress it was to just keep that schedule. Mm. But I live stream for over a year straight every single day, and I picked up hundreds of thousands of followers, mm. hundreds of thousands of inbound, right? Lots of interest for my startups, my investment fund, etc. So it was totally worth it, but it is a grind. And so the question that rises up in my gut here is, how are you going to ensure that you create a sustainable pace, number one, but also be able to support the community that wants to come along and help uh, effectively while at the same time? So, Because you I, don't want to get, I got burned out. I got, I'm, but I'm the type that gets burned out. I will roll it until I'm fucking dead. I'm going to go back to my stock answer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't know. You know? And probably something I can add to my life is more structure. I get it. I understand that. I understand that that's probably my weakest point of what I do. Well, I would look... I would challenge that. Now, I think if, if there was an investor... Mm. So I'm in the investor space. I think an investor would have a hard time with your model of operating mm. because they need decks. Yes. They need a project plan. They need a strategic map. They need an they need a you know an EBITDA and an ROI, you know, net present value, future present value of their investment. And so I think you would create a lot of friction between the let's just say traditional investors because you lack you you don't have that. But it's it's not that you don't want to do it. It's just by design that this is how you operate and how you grow. And so I'm I'm curious I'm curious though. If you were to it, I am going to I'm going to say that you you say it's character flaw, but I don't see it that way. Mm. And 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 the reason the reason is is because with this podcast there's so many directions that you can take this. Mm. And we've had so much inbound so from such a variety of individuals and a cast of characters that you really have almost the entire cornucopia or smorgasbord of optionality in front of you. And the question is, is where do you want to take it? One of the things that I appreciate about your, you would call it lack of preparation or lack of planning, is that you're not haughty and you don't push advertising bullshit. Mm. Like, how many times have you guys heard you know, Matt say, please, we're looking for advertising partners. The answer is zero. Mm. How many times have you heard Matt Kim say, oh, we need sponsors? Zero. How many times have you heard Matt Kim say, oh, we need more community growth? Zero. Like, you're not a pushy person. And I think that is a refreshing perspective from so many podcasters out there that are looking at the monetary base of everything. It's like, how can I grow? How can I make money? How can I increase clicks? Like, we don't actually have that problem. No. Right. We don't have that problem. The clicks no. come. Like you, someone will, will paste your shit and get millions and millions of views on it and expand you out, and you're not asking for shit back. And so I actually think that's a refreshing perspective. You would say it's I'm, I'm not planning that much, but I think our audience appreciates that as well because you're not 
pushing bullshit. You're not pushing multi-level, you know, marketing, <laughs> you know, join, join, join my referral club bullshit. You know, you're not doing any of that, which is refreshing. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit is due is what I'm saying. I feel like if we were to take it, if we had to think further mm. and had to think into maybe next year and try and handle maybe potential future larger growth. Because right now where we are, we grow organically. It's 100% organic. The only reason we grow is because people willingly share on their own without even being asked. Yep. And I appreciate everyone that does that. Mm. That's where our growth comes from. But in order to handle maybe the larger inbound and start hanging out and being in the realm of maybe some of the larger productions and shows, mm. we don't need a 100-person team. But at some point, we need to build an actual team. There needs to be some level of maturity and operational. Yeah, operational backbone, yeah. And sure. operations and structure is not my strong suit. So eventually, we probably have to bring in maybe someone like a producer. Mm-hmm. I think that's an, I think that's the most obvious ad. And isn't, they, that, isn't that Will? Will is our engineer, and he's more our engineer. Uh, I, I like to say engineer. Engineer. Yeah, fancy schmancy. Because Will does help out in the production a lot, uh, but... Will spends most of his time in his regular life handling our main business. Yeah. And if he didn't spend his time on our main business, we would not be able to afford to do this production. Because <laughs> our main business is what supports this business. And I don't even plug my own business. I don't know why I don't want to plug my own business. I should, but, but I don't. And I'm not going to. And Well, you just said everything you needed to say there. Yeah. But I, I will give you credit where credit is due is that you don't leverage this podcast as a platform for advertising. No. Which is refreshing. Like people come in, I think people have a model where that when they listen to Matt Kim, they know they're not going to be shilled shit. That's big deal mm. because there's so many podcasters out there, whether you're alt right, alt left, in the middle, whatever, that have agendas. They have something to sell you. Like we don't have anything to sell anybody. <laughs> well, we do. We're going to. Oh, I just signed a deal, or I'm gonna sign a deal with one of these companies that helps you with your merch. Okay, and do all of that. So. We're, we get asked but, but, all the time. But merch is, merch is table stakes. Merch is standard fare. Like, that's par for the course. Ain't nobody going to give you shit for doing a merch store. Yeah, but Which, we're by still the way, people it. have been asking for it. Correct. So that, it's Correct. actually as a, a function of demand. People keep telling us, when can I get a free thinker shirt? Stuff like yeah. that. And uh, I try to do it myself. And I got to just allocate my time to I, things I think are focused on growth and content and promoting our message. Mm. And I don't think spending my time in artwork and merch and building a website, I don't think that's the best use of my time. Fair enough. So we're going to uh, outsource that mm. to a company that has expertise in that area, and then we'll just partner with them. When can we expect uh, uh, the official Matt Kim merch store? I don't know. Tom, if you're watching, when are we going to see it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Tom, what's up, bro? What's up? Let's get it done. Let's get it done. But we had, we had a very successful meeting with them last week, and hopefully that's something that we're able to do. Hopefully we have something ready to drop by uh, the time I come back from Korea. Mm. Hopefully, mm. and you, and I, I we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. But are you going to be live streaming or doing some type of uh, videos out there when you're in Korea? I'm going to try. Mm. It really depends on internet connection mm-hmm. because the internet in Korea is very fast. Yes. However, when you buy these eSIMs and these international world eSIMs, mm-hmm. they throttle you oh, yeah. and they only give you a, they give you a cap on how much data you can use. Yeah. And if the cap is two gigs, if I stream. It'll be done in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I, I when last time I went to Korea, I got I, I went to the rent a cell phone in the airport. Yeah, and I was I, I think about 
by the time, because this is Incheon, by the time I got into Seoul, I think I'd used all the data. Yeah, and then they throttled it <laughs> down to like a crawl. Yeah, it's not good. So, but you can munch a message, you can text message. Yeah, you can text message, but it's hard to stream. Yeah, you can't do it. So if I'm able to, if we can figure out a way, or if I can find a way to connect to a larger Wi-Fi, or if I can find a plan that won't throttle me, mm. then we'll do more. And I, I don't want to make any promises, because I think a lot of people watching me like, damn, I'd like to see what Korea's like, mm. and like what Korea's really like. Mm. Not what the influencers show you what Korea is like. Not what the shows show you what Korea is like. Because what you're seeing in the Matrix, what Korea is like, is not really what Korea is like. It's so different. You know what? I think that'd be actually pretty cool. I, I don't know how much time you're going to have there for leisure activities more than just, you know, doing family and doing all that stuff. But, it, it, you know, sometimes I get caught on YouTube watching these just 5K beautiful mm. 5k videos of just some guy walking through tokyo yeah. for three hours straight yeah. interesting and, you know i lived in tokyo and for three and a half four years so for me it's kind of like this nostalgic trip down memory lane especially if it's raining and you can hear the little the mm. little crickets and that right in the background it's just it makes it very homey for me and i, I wonder if that would be one of those cool things where you could show different aspects of soul or different aspects of where you are in just these mini clips because you can put a reel together man I could. And a lot of people who watch the podcast now, they don't know that I used to make vlogs back in the day. <laughs> I, like, used, I used people, to make vlogs. <laughs> so people have no idea. Like this guy, you, he was he was like Mr. Lambo. He was Mr. Mr. Exotic Car Dude. Like if there was any if you if you Googled Korean and Lambo, you would see this guy's fucking face. Like he was a big deal back five years ago or six years ago, whenever that was. Before he quit the internet. Yeah, before you quit the internet. And then you came back on this podcast with a vengeance though, man. People mm. were people there was there was almost and, and I can say this because I'm part of the Atlanta car community in the larger car community in the southeast for sure there was almost this lacking when mm. you dropped off people people wanted their their fill of matt kim man mm. you, matt kim's a great matt kim's the great guy that people just want to hang out with <laughs> like you you, you you won't promote this but man how many times do we we find ourselves in your your old office hanging out with a bunch of exotic car guys and we're just shooting the shit people love hanging out with you man and we did the car content i did some travel vlogging back in the day um we used to vlog when we go on vacation. The Koreans loved you too, man. We did like um like a series of when we vacationed in Jamaica. Yeah. And even the people at the resort we went to in Jamaica, even they were watching and they used to message me all the time and they were really excited because we went back multiple times. Um, we did videos with traveling with our dog and our puppy yeah. and we did all kinds of stuff back in the day. So yeah. someone someone out there in the crowd might ask, so I'll ask for them. Why'd you quit? I quit because you, you were getting your 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 polish was getting improved. Yeah, your 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 your, your vlogging was is, it was improving, and you created enough variety within your vlogs where it was interesting from vlog to vlog to vlog. So catch us up. Why why did that stop? Because if you had continued that, mm. you could have been like you know like DDE or the dude in blue or you know like you could have been <laughs> that guy. And there are people right now going, "Huh, YouTube channel? Where are the old ones? They're all gone. I I've I've deleted them all. You." You deleted them. Mm -hmm. You didn't set them on private. You deleted all that hard work. Maybe private. I don't okay, know. The okay, you better not fucking delete it. I don't know. Because we need to bring that shit back in 10, 10 years. <laughs> the Matt, the Matt Kin decade show when it's like when you're blown up and you're a big big shit and people say where did he start and you say well here's a video from two thousand sixteen you know <laughs> seriously we need to bring that shit back. I I stopped because I was making them all the way leading into COVID, mm. and when COVID hit. I started making, we couldn't really be anywhere. We were a lockdown. Mm -hmm. 
And I started making these videos from home, talking about new world order. Uh, so you started transitioning into this top these topics that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, because now. it was relevant to us at the time. It makes sense. Why is COVID COVID? Mm. Why are we being locked down? Why does it seem like there's people out there trying to control the way we live our lives? Mm. And I started talking about this on the channel, and YouTube just started deleting, 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 uh, deleting. That's and, right. I remember. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I didn't know that we were being censored then mm. because... In my mind, I was like, all right, this must be serious. Because if it wasn't so serious, why would they delete me? It didn't occur to me that they were actively descending the other side. Damn, you're a naive motherfucker. I was like, all right, because I, I was enjoying YouTube. I was yeah. doing well over there. Yeah. And I was like, why would they delete it? What I must be saying must be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because why else would they take me off? And I was like, all right, if they won't let me say it, but what I'm saying is they're saying that I'm spreading misinformation, that I'm being dangerous to society. I'm just going to shut up oh, yeah. because I don't want to make it worse. And I don't want to put people in a bad spot. Mm. I can't stop the way I think and I feel about this. So there's just no way. I think the last car video I put up was called like um, supercar social distancing or something. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in the video, we had all the... We had all the cars parked like six feet apart. <laughs> so this was like, I, and, and this ducktails into your journey of the crack in the matrix. Mm. When you started to see the cracks, you started to see the dissonance, you started to see the 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 kind of the the lack of consistency of what's going on from what the narrative you're you're hearing to what's actually in reality. And so the move away from vlogs to this podcast was, if I could summarize it up, would be almost a natural evolution of your maturity mm. as your eyes widened and opened up to what's happening in the real, real world. Is that fair? Yeah, because I feel like during COVID, if I kept on vlogging and we started doing interesting things, maybe it would have done well because people consumed a lot of content. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also didn't feel right about it. Why? Because people, regardless of what people say, people were struggling. Mm. People were in a really weird spot. Mm portion of the country was scared mm -hmm. whether it's right or not they were there was a lot of unknowns too correct and i didn't want to contribute to be like hey look at my life my life is awesome mm -hmm. i'm sorry that you feel scared and mm -hmm. maybe some people are like well this is an outlet for you i didn't feel that way uh, i felt like hey look i don't care i'm living my life and there you guys are stuck at home because you're all locked up right. and you're worried if you're gonna lose your job you're worried if you lose your home you're worried if you lose your business and i'm rubbing it in your face I didn't want to do that. That's your perspective. That was my perspective. I get it. I that's get where it. I that's how I perceived it. I get it. So I quit the internet. Yeah. Yeah. You, you and when Matt says quit the internet, like you really like was like done. I think there's an off button to all of this. Yeah. Ooh, you press the off button. Yeah. For a period of time. I think from twenty twenty, middle of twenty twenty until twenty twenty Two. two yeah end of end of year so like two and a half years yeah. yeah yeah two and a half years i completely turned off the internet exactly yeah which 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 you were sorely you were sorely missed at that point but i i get it from your perspective with your humility with with your ego and your your models and philosophy of life for you it didn't make sense to be flashing lambos when everybody else is stuck at home yeah i i, I get that I mean, but, at the, but at the same time there was a lot of people who were just yearning for good entertaining content Correct. right so there's a balance somewhere in there and a lot of people did really well during that time oh yeah there's a lot of people blew up during yeah. that time because ain't nobody got nothing better to do but sit at home and watch videos for 12 hours a day correct so it is what it is no regrets no regrets new no regrets <laughs> no 
<laughs> no regret. <laughs> Just like that. So we're 10, 10 months deep in Madkin podcast. This is a an exercise in living what you say and doing what you say, which is executing to learn and growing from now to December. What do you what do you think? Uh, where, where do you think Matkin Podcast is going to be going from now till December? Because we're, we're December essentially is our kind of our year end. That's true. I don't know. Again, I don't know. You, you know, any, you have any plan? Yeah. Other than doing the live streams and growing the communities in these different uh, these different systems and platforms like Telegram and Discord, do you have any other plans for the Matkin Podcast? Any other than Swag Store? Anything that the the audience could look forward to? I think right now it's really about building the base, mm-hmm. right? Because people say, uh, for for months, people have been saying, you need to go to Rumble, you need to go to Rumble, you need to go to Rumble, and I've been fighting it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to Rumble. Yeah. It's just a new technology to learn, you know? It's a new technology to learn. The majority of people in the world are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The majority of people are on Instagram, not on X. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay where the masses are because mm-hmm. I felt like if we had a message... And our message is that we want to open people's minds. Mm. If we want people to think freely, if we want to change the narrative of the world, to be more open, to be more free, if we if that's our mission, I want it to be where the people were. Mm. Because to open the minds of people that are already awake, it didn't make sense. Uh, yeah, and you have to be relatively progressive to be on Rumble. Correct. Rumble isn't easy, dude. Like, I went to my Rumble account, and I was like, why can't I see my channel? And then I have to, you have to, like, create a channel after you create your profile, mm. which is a little whack to me. And it, the UI isn't, let's just say, intuitive. They don't have the team no. of a Google. Yeah, of a YouTube. Yeah. So I get that. But I fought it. I didn't want to go to Rumble because I wanted to try to stay with the master. And then it occurred to me. I had... It was almost like this awakening moment for me. Like another aha moment in life. If you're going to war, you don't build your base behind enemy lines. Fair enough. You build your base in friendly territory and you leave and you attack and you have somewhere to come back to. Mm. And once I realized that, once that became so obvious to me, I was like, all right, we need to build our base in a place where it cannot be removed. It won't be removed, and we're safe. Because when we're on YouTube, we're always wondering, damn, are we going to get a strike today? We, every single day we think that. We talk about it almost every single podcast. Because one of us says some shit, and we're like, okay, uh, that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, even on Instagram, I think, damn, is today the last day? Mm-hmm. I think it all the time. Am I going to lose my account today? Man, let, let's unpack that. for That is a shitty feeling. It is. It sucks. But, but let's, 10 years ago, you would have never conceived of... Having, let's can use the word anxiety about all the effort you're putting into social, and suddenly having it all be wiped away. Ten years ago, we could never have conceived this as yeah. a, as an option. It's, it's crazy. so crazy. It's crazy that we live in this world. It's so crazy. It's so corrupt. And you know what's even worse is we, especially me. I know you're get you're there, but what's worse is we've normalized it. Yeah, it's and, expected, and we self censor ourselves. Ugh. That's the worst. That's and every worst. time I hold my tongue because I don't want to get canceled, I feel like I feel like a seller. I feel mm-hmm. like I I feel so cheap well, when I do that. You're not 100% you. I'm not. Which is kind of what Matt Kim Podcast is all about. And it sucks because if we want to remain on those platforms, we have to play the game a little bit. And I get it. There's a game. You have to play it a little bit. And we try our best to dance. We try our best to push that line as far as we possibly can 
mm-hmm. maybe even step our toe and our heel and our foot right over it. Right. But we never go busting through. Yep. By we never, design. We never go busting through, but certainly some videos that we've spent hours on don't get published. No. No. Which they, sucks because the shit we talk about I think is valuable. Yeah. They will either delete it or they'll... The craziest thing is they put us in this influent loop of a not upload, which is weird too. Have you tried re-uploading it as of a course, different... Of I know, course. I'm, I'm, I know. I know. I'm just stating the obvious. Of course. It's just crazy that you're you're in this purgatory mm-hmm. where they won't let you finish the upload. Yes. <laughs> and then they can say, oh, we didn't delete your video. It was your internet connection that keeps cutting off. It's your fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, nothing. We're not doing anything. You're crazy. Gaslighting us. Totally gaslighting. Absolutely. So I thought that I, that was the reason where I think Rumble made sense. And now, you, thanks to live streams, the hypothesis has been uh, validated that Rumble is a place to grow. Correct. Are you, are, you, are, well are you surprised at the growth there? I am extremely surprised. Why? I think day one, we had maybe 30 people on the stream. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, still pretty good. Still good. For considering it's the first stream. Mm. Yesterday, I think we had, I think we capped at like 240 people. Really? I thought I saw a 300 number when maybe. I was watching. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. So I don't know what the exact number was. I'm not really looking at it while we're streaming. Mm, fair enough. But I thought that was pretty good. Do you, so I've, I've been importing for two years videos that I automatic, that, that when I upload them to YouTube, they automatically move over to Rumble. And mm. I've just never really managed that account because it's never been that important to me. So my experience on Rumble is very small. Mm. You have more experience now that you've kind of jumped into the game here with Rumble. Just, just from your early ex- this last week experience on Rumble, do you see Rumble as a truly viable competitor to YouTube and an accessory to YouTube or a replacement to YouTube? I'm really actually I'm really actually curious about your answer. I don't think it's a direct competitor or replacement to YouTube mm. because you're talking about a giant mm. and just a person. With, yeah, the giant with deep entrenchment. Correct. Right. The scale is just way too different. Okay. If anything, it's an alternative to people where they can express ideas and upload content. And there is still a very large community of people that is different mm. than YouTube. Mm. So I don't think it's a direct competitor. Maybe one day it will be. Mm. But YouTube is Google. Google is king of the earth. Not wrong. And Rumble is a couple of guys who had a really good idea. Mm. Do you do you think rum do you see rumble? So I, I when you use the word alternative, I would use the word accessory. Because you'd mm. still try to load up to YouTube mm. and you want to re-upload it to Rumble too. Do you see it more as an accessory to YouTube or an alternative? I'm curious because the semantic to me actually matters. Actually, maybe more complimentary to. Ooh, that's a different word. Yeah, complimentary. So you can get your your mainstream content on YouTube, if you like car videos, if you like mm. food vlog videos, if there's a certain demographic or a certain co- type of content that you enjoy watching on YouTube, because not everything you consume is political and social issues, mm-hmm. right? If there's other types of content you enjoy, then YouTube still has value. Mm. If you want to learn and you want to do a how-to yeah, on yeah, something, yeah. YouTube has an extremely much more comprehensive library on those types of things. As mm. long as it's not agenda-based, as long as it's not biased in what your opinion is. If you're looking for, how do I connect my TV to my computer and connect it to another computer? Right. If you, you want to learn something you, like that, YouTube's great for that. YouTube is fantastic for that. 
If I if I'm also if I'm looking for you know woodwork uh, transvestite wor- woodworking, I can find that easily on YouTube. Too. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Shit, is that going to come up with my search? search yeah. <laughs> Good job. You should turn your phone off. Transvestite woodworking guys. <laughs> but if you want to find people that have differing ideas. And something that maybe is not considered mainstream, mm. I think Rumble has done a very good job of bringing those people together. Mm. So, so would let me ask you this: If you were a brand new content creator, where should you post? YouTube and Rumble, or should you just do Rumble or just you do YouTube? I think it's if a you're a brand question. new content creator, I think you just pick one medium. It doesn't even matter where you start. Mm-hmm. Learn that medium, then move on to another one, mm. and learn that medium. It doesn't. Whichever one you want to be on first. Mm. I don't think it matters. I don't think you spread yourself too thin immediately. Learn one because every platform works a little bit different. The demographic there is a little bit different. The audience there is a little bit different. Mm. I don't think you take one piece of content and you put the same exact thing on all because the people, what they consume, what they like is different. Mm. I think you have to understand your market and you have to understand the audience. And you can only understand the audience if you immerse yourself in that medium for a set period of time. Yeah. So we focused on YouTube first and then we understand, okay, we need to improve our sound quality. We need to do these things because there are people on Apple and Spotify. They're only listening. All right. All right. So now how do we learn how to do that? Great. Now let's go after the Instagram market. Mm. All right. Instagram people like the short form. They like the interaction, they like the stories. Mm. They like the random live streams. This is a way to interact with them. Right. And they don't like repurposed content. They like content specifically made for them. Which is which is interesting because that's something that you found out early in the, the Matt Kim podcast journey. Not only do they enjoy the subtitles, but they enjoyed original content Correct. on uh on um clips or you know, short clips, which was really like that was novel to me. Mm. That was really interesting to me because I I always saw YouTube reels and, and, and Instagram clips as merely a cutting out of a, a longer form podcast mm. or a longer form content piece. But it seems like your audience specifically, Matt, uh, appreciates original OG content that's just on uh, Instagram. Really interesting. I think people are looking for ideas. Mm. I think people are looking for genuine thought. Mm. I think we've been so inundated with manufactured content. Talking points. Talking points. That people are really yearning for genuine information Mm. of genuine character of people. And I think the more, and we've had this conversation really early on. I think the more the world goes digital, the more the world goes into AI and artificially created content. I think we talked about this very first first time we ever recorded together. Yeah, yeah, yeah the more people push towards this digital model of the world, the more value there's going to be in analog because it's a scarcity thing. It's a rarity thing. So the people who are able to create content with their just their actual ideas mm. will become so much more value, valuable. Mm. And the people who generate using AI, because once the technology becomes known to a lot of people, anyone can do it. Exactly. It's going to be flooded. We're going to be flooded it's with com- AI content. Then it becomes commoditized. Correct. I don't think you guys understand how much AI content we're about to start seeing. I would I would take us one step further and say, you we're, we're already being inundated. You just don't know it's AI. Correct. Correct. Which is, which is crazy because it's almost you you had a uh, the AI guy on 
in an episode. Yes, true. True. True, true Bunker. Right, right, right. So, guys, make sure that you check out that episode. Really interesting, mm. worth listening to. He unpacked a lot of yes. AI stuff, and, and some of it was... Po- Come somewhat post-apocalyptic, mm. a little dystopian. It's like, how do you know what you're seeing? And he brought in these magazines, which I took to home, mm. and I showed my wife and my kids, and my kids and my wife were like, how do you know this is these not These aren't real? real? Yeah, it's These crazy. are all AI-generated pictures? I mean, some of them, the fidelity and quality of the face, mm. which is the hardest thing to fake, right? It was it, You could not have told, told like, a year, 10 years ago, you'd be like, is this a real picture? But hell yeah, no problem. All AI-generated. Crazy yes. that you can't tell. So most of the content we will see in our lives will be generated by AI. Mm. Our minds and our views and our opinions will be shaped via AI. It's um, coming. Can I ask you this? How many times have you clicked on a YouTube video that's been recommended to you? You click on it because you're hoping to learn something or, or listen to something, and you realize it's fucking AI-generated content and AI-generated voice. Correct. Doesn't that annoy the shit out of you? Because once, once I hear the AI voice, I'm like, fuck this shit. It was just someone who put this shit together, man. But the thing is that is that voice is going to get better. <sighs> and they're going to humanize the voice. They're going to humanize the content. And, and because we're getting, even though we're annoyed with it now, we're getting normalized to it. Yeah. And they're trickling it to you. And eventually, you're not even going to realize anymore. Yep. And then, going back, the people who are able to put it out via flesh and blood. Analog. Analog. Scarcity is always the most valuable. It's interesting you say that because uh, my wife and I do yearly pictures for, you know, um, holiday cards. It's one of our things for 15 years we've been doing this. And what's interesting is if you if you talk to some photographers, they've been telling me that a, a big renaissance that's been coming back is actual physical pictures. Mm. Because everyone's getting digital now. Yeah. That it digital is just expected that if you send someone like an actual card or a real picture and not some digital bullshit, uh, they're they're finding that not only from a from a photographer standpoint they can charge more because it's scarce, mm. but they're finding that their 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 customers are appreciating it more because it's scarce and it's something that people aren't doing anymore. Everyone's doing digital, so sending actual cards and actual card stock and actual pictures is 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 growing in the market because everything's digital and everything's been commoditized. So another good example of where technology is great for us in optimizing and improving our lives, but there's always opportunity to, to do it the old-fashioned way. And if you're listening and you're like, oh, wait, so which way do I go? Do I go digital or do you go analog? I think if you go analog, you have the potential to hit a home run mm. because scarcity brings value. Mm. But in trying to hit a home run, your chance of striking out are also increased. Mm. It's difficult. It's more difficult because you're fighting everyone else. Mm. You're trying to stand out in a sea of digital. Yeah, it's and, not easy. And in a lot of cases, just a sea of static. Correct. Right. So if you want to go the analog route, it has the highest upside, I believe, mm. for normal people. If you're in the space and you're trying to build product, maybe digital is more money. But if you're a normal person and you're trying to figure out where to go in your life, for example, if you are a plumber, if you are a carpenter, if you are a person that works with their hands that a robot cannot replicate, your value to the world will increase exponentially the more we go digital. 100%. And the lack of growth in those particular market segments is staggering. The amount, of, the amount of a lack of growth is staggering. In that, 
the younger generations aren't picking up these these trades. Mm. And so not only will you be you'll be kind of safe from commoditization, but you'll almost have a safety of uh, price safety and competitive safety because the younger generation doesn't know how to do shit with shit. If you are good with your hands, you are safe. <laughs> yeah, say less, bro. Uh, absolutely. If you have a job and you want to figure out how do I add an additional stream of income and you're not trying to hit a home run, you just mm. want to hit a couple singles so that you can supplement your current lifestyle mm. because shit's expensive these days. And you're like, damn, I wish I had a way to make a little bit extra money. Mm -hmm. Go digital. Yeah. Figure out how there are so many teachings out there, so many platforms out there, how you can learn how to generate these AI YouTube videos and generate just a few hundred dollars a month, $500 a month. Once you put it into a thing, you can generate $500,000 a month. Do that. Which is nothing to, nothing to laugh at. No. I, I, shit, I'd take 500 extra bucks a month. You're not going to become a millionaire from it. Probably not because there's so many people doing it. But it's an easy way. For that's that's gonna cost you nothing to learn. Mm. You just jump in, learn how to do it, take some mistakes. It's fine, just like we're doing here. Just start going. Because if you create AI, right? If you generate <laughs> AI, and no one watches a video, who cares? It's not even you. Yeah, exactly. literally no risk. Exactly, no risk. No risk. And uh, in, 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 in we today's podcast, we've been talking about entrepreneurship. We've talked about growth. We've talked about the beginnings of the Matt Kin podcast. Some lessons, some business lessons here as well. Uh, we've covered a, a lot of topics. But what the reason why I was chuckling is because you guys have no idea. We've been absolutely honest and transparent about Matt Kim's model, which is let's just jump in the pool. Was it cold or hot? Didn't know, didn't care. Just Let's jump. just jump in the pool. <laughs> you guys have no idea how far this method of madness is actually realized in all of Matt's work. For example, today I sat down in this chair. Matt was working with the, the televisions, and I asked him, what are we talking about? He says nothing to me, walks over to the computer and says, we're starting. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, guys, there's no planning, bro. We're, we just show up, and we have great conversations at the end Correct. of it. I think it also, I think that, Pay, the the uh, dividends have been paid in the fact that you and I are friends, colleagues. We've been through some shit together. And so we can actually have conversations that are somewhat substantive. So I appreciate everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Definitely go check out Garage ID. It's a passion project, a big project that Peter has been working on for a very long time. Show Peter some love. Go download the app. Go to the website. Go check out the Kickstarter because we want to support the growth of the people around us, people within our network. And if your friends don't support you, who's going to support you? We're all friends here. Everyone watching is our friend. They're our family. Appreciate everyone. Thank you for being a part of the journey. Thank you for being a part of our family. Mm. And thanks for being here, guys. GarageID.com. Thanks so much in advance for any support that you guys can give us. I'm trying to build this dream. I'm trying to build this passion project, which not only helps my son in his racing career, but I'm hoping any type of racer out there. So thanks so much for plugging that, Matt. Thank you, everyone. Love you guys. Have a good night.